Why? Why oh. is it my side? It's always my side. You've got the blanket. Uh, she's not even using the blanket. What's happening? <laughs> the dog completely fucking wrecked my side of the bed to, to lie down. Lol. On my pillow. Monster. My pillow smells like dog. Gay Space Rocks, come on, grab your friends. We're going to very cartoon lands with August the Heartbee and Brian the Raccoon. The fun, it never ends. It's Gay Space Rocks. Math Medical! Hello, thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, an uh, Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Adventure Time. Uh, <laughs> I am your host. Uh, my name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet uh, at RoomwearPod, and you can find the podcast on the internet, which is Twitter, uh, at <laughs> GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is uh, my uh, What is an Adventure Time? Uh, my uh, 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 rhombus-ish co-host, August. I don't believe I'm that rhombus shaped, but thank you. Um, You're welcome, I guess. I guess. I panicked. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> um. Anyway, hello. I'm August. I did not wave at the microphone because I'm sitting on my hands this time. Um, <laughs> I use they them pronouns. You can find me on the Twitters at HarpyDora and... Uh, I'm on a lot of other podcasts. I'm not going to list them all because you probably listen to some and or all of them. You, you know where to find me. It's all good. You've, got, you've gotten this deep. You know us. Yeah. <laughs> you know our shit. Um, so as mentioned before, at the top of this episode, we are not watching Steven Universe this week. We're in uh, between season one and season two of Steven Universe. So we decided to watch uh, something a little different just to break up the pace a little bit. Um this week, we are watching Adventure Time Distant Lands Obsidian, uh, an Adventure Time special miniseries. I actually don't really know what they qu they're quantifying Distant Lands as, if it's like just an epilogue series or what. Well, it can't be an epilogue series, but um, just uh, specials, <laughs> Adventure mm -hmm. Time specials. Uh, particularly, we're focusing on Obsidian, which is the second of the planned four uh, specials. Uh, this one focusing on uh, Marceline the Vampire Queen and Princess Bonnabelle Bubblegum. Um, the first special of which focused on Bimo, which is why it's not an epilogue series, because that one took place actually before. It's a prequel series. That's a prequel episode. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think we have... Is there any... We don't have any, like, news, right? Like, um, HBO just... Um, in between our last episode and this episode, HBO, like, greenlit a whole bunch of wild shit, didn't they? Yeah. I can't remember exactly what. Um, I'm scrolling up. Oh, oh, important thing to me. That's the important thing. Um, they greenlit fucking Infinity Train season four. Hell yeah. I fucking love uh, Infinity Train. It's a great fucking show. Um, also, they announced a new Ben 10 special for some reason, and then, uh, actually two Ben 10 specials, um, 
one following grown-up Ben reuniting with his past self for some fucking reason. Then another one where it crosses over with Generator Rex. Oh, and then a third one that's dimension hopping for some reason. Uh, They're doing an Amazing World of Gumball movie, which should be pretty fucking dope because Gumball is a great fucking show. And I would love to see what they do with a movie budget. Mm -hmm. Some kind of Teen Titans Go spinoff. But why? uh, Huh? But why? Money. (sighs) If you know what, I'll take it. A Teen Titans Go is not that bad. It's I, it's ugh, I can't stand it like the the reason I liked Teen Titans was the characterization and Teen Titans go every single episode is just I can't even get like, you know, some of the some of the gags are funny, but for the most part, I'm just annoyed by Robin and Raven specifically. They just like reduced them down to their worst uh characteristics and it's just like really the the way i like to see it is they basically took took all of the personality archetypes they created and then reduced them down and it's like okay so what if we made a cartoon using these basic character tropes but we also made like whatever the cartoon version of always sunny in philadelphia is and i feel like that's what king titans go is see i don't care for always sunny either so that explains why i really don't like this Fair. I love I love always like I love just like pitch black comedies like that. I feel like Teen Titans Go is the closest you can get to like a black comedy cartoon actually meant for children. I've got to actually um, like the characters. I I just I can't I can't hate I can't hate watch. I just I can't. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that's uh, also uh, Teen Titans Go makes just a metric fuck ton of money. Why? Merchandising. Uh, um, let's see. We are also getting new seasons of Craig of the Creek, which I hear is really good. I haven't checked it out, but I've only ever heard good things for from it. Uh, a new season of Total Drama Island, which I didn't even realize was still a show. Oh, okay. And then sure. a new season of Victor and Valentino, Victor and Valentino, which I do not know what that is at all. Um, there's also going to be a, uh, an animated Gremlins prequel that's going to be set in 1920s Shanghai. Um, I'm not particularly, uh, how do you say encouraged? Yeah. Yeah. That Uh, sounds like it's ripe for all of the Orientalism and racism that you would expect. True. you know what? They are making it in the, the year 2021. So like, and HBO has been doing pretty okay. As far as that, you know, they seem to like understand shit a little bit better. Cause this is a, this is what HBO is making specifically for their own platform. And I feel mm-hmm. like they would be savvy enough not to make just like, just straight up a racial caricature and put that motherfucker on their streaming service. One would hope. Mm-hmm. They're also making another show called Jade Armor, which is like a martial arts uh, themed like action show focused around some martial arts loving teenage heroine learning her family secrets. So it sounds like fucking um, American Dragon. Jake. Long. Wait, what was his name? You know yeah, it I'm was on. it was Jake Long, I think. Yeah. 
uh, it looks like they're just doing a lot of inter like a lot of ones based around like uh, female protagonists, which is pretty cool. Um, Gross Girls actually sounds pretty cute. It's like a comedy about two best friends surviving middle school. So that's, that should be cute. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, here's the fucking wildest one. I don't know if I've read this to you, August. Another show that they've greenlit, along with all of these other things, is called Tweety Mysteries. I'm going to read to you the exact description of the show. Oh, God. A hybrid live action animated show starring Tweety Bird and an investigative podcast. You can't see the series of expressions <laughs> going across my face right now. I cannot, I cannot wait for making a murderer Tweety Bird edition. This is, this is either going to be <laughs> some brilliant fucking bullshit, mm -hmm. or it is going to be the worst dreck imaginable. There's no in between. There's no way that this can be mediocre. We're going to have to watch at least one oh, episode. Oh, God, yes. I want to. <laughs> I absolutely want to. As a podcast that covers to. cartoons, I feel like we are like contractually obligated to do so. Yes. Hey, HBO, if you want to shoot us some money, we'll do it for money. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So, so that's fun. So that's news. Uh, that's the big animation news. Frankly, I'm just so stoked for Infinity Train. That show's so fucking good. And I was so sad that I thought it was dead. <laughs> but HBO revived it. So, frankly, if I have to get... If everything here was just total garbage and I got a fourth season of In Infinity Train, I'd be like, fine, sweet. Fair. Love it. Um. Okay. So, I think... Do uh do we have anything else? Um I don't think so. I don't think there's any other news. Definitely no Steven Universe news. <laughs> Infinite hiatus, baby. Infinite hiatus. I could see a, a, I see if there's a push. I honestly could see HBO cuz like if adventure, if they're bringing back specials for Adventure Time, I could see them doing a very similar thing where they're no longer focusing on Steven mm -hmm. um, and doing like Steven Universe specials. Yeah. Which I would enjoy. And I think the fandom would enjoy greatly because I feel like there's still a lot of fucking marketing money to be made off of Steven Universe. Yeah, I could see that. I have no idea what Rebecca Sugar's actually up to currently, though, so could be an issue with that as well. So, but, so, <laughs> our episode this week is Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Obsidian. Um, the director for this was uh, Miki Brewster. Uh, story by, there's so many people than normal. Mm. Um I guess, what does it, so they have written and storyboarded by, and then also story. So I don't know what those two things mean, why they're different. I have no idea. A lot of people, frankly. Uh, just go to the wiki. <laughs> uh, There's so much more than our usual, so I'm not going to go through it. 
Um, the official synopsis on HBO Max is Marceline and Princess Bubblegum journey to the imposing, beautiful Glass Kingdom and deep into its tumult or in deep into their tumultuous past to prevent an earth-shaking catastrophe. Uh, here's the issue, y'all. There is no official plot summary, uh, either on Wikipedia or the official wiki, so I'm just gonna be doing this off the top of the dome because I didn't realize that till I sat down to record, so I did not write a summary of the episode, but fortunately I've watched this about a billion fucking times even before we did this, uh, so I think I might be able to do it. We open up in the Glass Kingdom. Uh, we follow Glass Boy as he ascends to the top of a mountain in the Glass Kingdom. Uh, a ritual is being prepared. Uh, Glass Boy is immediately ostracized by the less rest of the glass people because he's got like a crack in his head. Uh, seems to have some sort of relationship to see-through princess, the princess of the glass kingdom. Um, see-through princess begins the story talking about how the glass kingdom was formed when a magic meteor struck the sands um, and everything was chill for a while until the great beast Larvo uh, showed up, started wrecking fucking shop. Fortunately, their cries for help were heard by Saint Marceline and her silver silver shovel. Uh, <laughs> uh, she, through her uh, through her song, was able to drive Larvo back into the mountain. And so every year they come and they sing the incantation that Saint Marceline uh, left them to continue to keep Larvo sedated. Um, Glass Boy interjects. Um, He's like, hey, maybe we don't have to be afraid of Larvo. No one's seen him since Marceline put him in the mountain. He's probably dead. And inside of there is a forge that can fix uh, glass people like me with my big fucking crack in my head. Uh, everybody's like, hey, shut the fuck up, glass boy, because everyone's real fucking mean to glass boy. Um, and... Uh, See-Through Princess feels very bad about this, but she is immediately overwritten by her three advisors who are basically just these three shitheads uh, who are very mean and they're big assholes. And they kind of threaten uh, See-Through Princess by kind of wanting to force her to step down, most likely to just assume power themselves. Uh, later that night, Glassboy, having stolen the key from See-Through Princess, sneaks into the forge, uh, begins to repair himself, but inadvertently wakes up the great beast Larvo. Uh, he makes it out just in time to slam the door behind him uh, to trap Larvo inside, but it does not look like it's going to hold. He's about Larvo is on a hair's breadth away from being able to break out of this fucking mountain. Um, as he's trying to escape the scene, Glassboy is... Uh, come upon by the three advisors who uh, throw him in jail despite see-through princesses protests uh, and we smash cut over to see uh, as he's crying out about going to see Saint Marceline we smash cut over to uh, Marceline who is in her big bat form trying to put together some kind of Ikea furniture it looks like uh, and it seems as though she and Bubblegum post the finale of of um adventure time have settled into like cottagecore domestic bliss um credits roll uh glass boy breaks out and begins making his way across the desert we see more scenes of like domestic uh bonnabelle and, and marcy um finally glass boy comes of comes upon uh the candy kingdom he meets the choose goose 
Uh, it's not important to the plot, but I do personally love the Choose Goose. Uh, he, he happens upon Simon, who is in a dive bar uh, singing the, um, the Marceline song from the first, like, Ice King backstory episode that we ever got. Uh, Glass Boy finally gets Simon's attention, um, and uh, Simon b takes Glass Boy to go see Marcy and PB. Uh, meanwhile, Marcy and PB are just kind of, like, chilling at home. Marceline's working on a new song. Uh, when Bubblegum asks to hear it, Marceline gets very nervous, stating that it's not finished yet. Uh, they're interrupted by Simon and Glassboy. Glassboy is just losing his fucking shit uh, at uh, Marceline, uh, basically asking her to come and help him. Uh, Marceline and Bubblegum are reluctant. We get our first of many flashbacks detailing the events that had previously happened at the Glass Kingdom. Um, eventually, uh, we see that Larvo has sent agents to hunt down Marceline, uh, presumably to keep Larvo from escaping again. Uh, uh, and Marceline, Glassboy, and PB all set out to the Glass Kingdom. They're traveling the desert. Uh, we get the first of our flashbacks of Marceline with her mother. Uh, when Marceline was just a wee little baby, uh, drawing some sort of map. Uh, we get this as they pass by Marceline's old home. Uh, meanwhile, we finally get to the Glass Kingdom. Uh, PB is very excited to do the whole diplomat thing. It does not work out as she rings the bell. A guard uh, kind of stops her and accosts her. Um, and... Uh, Marceline getting mad that this guy is hassling her girlfriend, uh, basically chops the bell down, kicks this dude's fucking head in, drives a motorcycle into the kingdom. Everybody's losing their shit. Uh, no one believes that this is the, the real Marceline because the old Marceline, like the Marceline from their stories is, is heckin', heckin' old. Um, but as the, uh, glass assassins is what apparently the wiki calls these things. That's the glass also, assassins. That's <laughs> also what the, uh, closed captions call them. Oh, interesting. Cool. I didn't watch it with the, the closed captions on. Uh, they attack. Marceline is, is dope as shit. Everybody finally believes her. Everybody is fawning over Marceline as they go up to the top of the mountain. Uh, but Bubblegum is looking more and more sad and distraught. Uh, up at the top of the mountain, they're like, hey, we need a new incantation. Marceline's like, what? They're like, your old song's not working. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's because you donked up all the fucking lyrics. Um, she goes to start playing the song, though asks to make sure that would be okay with Bonnabelle, who gives her the okay. And then we get our next flashback, uh, detailing the song, uh, oh, oh, I know the name of this song, Woke Up, um, which is, seems to be some sort of breakup song that they, PB and Marceline had the first time they were here and locked Larvo away. Uh, after it, Everybody kind of dunks on PB, but it does not seem that the song had any effect. Larvo is still trying to break out. Uh, PB summons uh, the giant uh, fucking... Uh, what do you call it? Um, the giant fucking eagle. The Morrow. That's its name. Um, who drops off a big force field, like we had previously seen in the flashback. Um, Marceline taps, tries to tap into her anger to push Larva away, and it, it doesn't really work. Uh, she's just not that angry young punk anymore. Um, after PB's force field seems to not be working, Marceline determines that she just needs to go find herself, go back to the place, uh, where she was the most hurt, uh, and runs off 
much to PB's chagrin, uh, we get another flashback um, of Marceline with her mother. Uh, wait, is it the is? Do we get the flashback where uh, Peebs calls calls monster or calls her like a monster punk or what have you? There is one, but I don't remember. I know those two. I know there. So we get a flashback of like baby Marceline doing monster stuff. Oh, we get a flashback of baby Marceline doing monster stuff. That's right. Um, then we get some more of PB trying to, to science out this situation. Um, before we get another flashback of basically Pete, we, we see the, the scene immediately prior to Marceline playing the breakup song, uh, which is, uh, PB basically being very frustrated, very harried about this entire Larvo situation and says some very unkind things about, uh, Marceline being a monster. This is immediately followed up by another, like, a flashback after a flashback of baby Marceline uh, with her mom. Her mom's trying to fix up a motorcycle. It's obvious that her mom's very sick. Um, and while Marceline is trying to get uh, get her mother uh, to come with her to this quote-unquote party that is being hosted, uh, Marceline's mother uh, yells at Marceline, telling her to get out, that she doesn't have time for her. Uh, Marceline, baby Marceline, uh, treks across the desert where she finds a fallout shelter, uh, where the supposed party was happening. Uh, it's a bad scene. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we see it a little bit later after that, where Marceline has kind of settled in as a little baby. She is singing a little song, uh, about the red light blinking on a console to all of the friends that she's made out of, like, boxes and refuse, uh, surrounded by skeletons in a fallout style shelter. <laughs> um, and we see Marceline, uh, develop some bad coping habits, uh, as she is very upset about her mother thinking that her mother thinks that she's some kind of monster. Um, and, but baby Marceline, uh, resolves that like, if she's gonna, if people are going to be scared of her, it's because she wants them to be scared of her. Uh, we fast forward to old Marceline coming back to the fallout shelter. Um, she says, hi, the Lemmy, uh, and flies up to the console talking about how the red light always bugged her. Finally, she accidentally hits a button on the, the console uh, where a message plays. It's the final message from Marceline's mom um, apologizing to Marceline for tricking her, um, but revealing that she is very sick and that she's not going to be able to see Marceline again. Uh, we uh, get an interruption from Glassboy, who had stowed away with Marceline. He is very upset at uh, see-through princess who had earlier scorned him in a very similar moment to how bubble uh, bubblegum had done to Marcy uh, and sings the angry punk rock song that he's written, uh, which I believe is yes. Called see-through uh, Marcy's like, Oh my God. Like it's very cringy. And Marcy's like, Oh my God, is that how I sound? Uh, resolving? Like I need to go help bubblegum. She's good for me. It's not her fault that I have baggage. Uh, meanwhile, back at the see-through, uh, kingdom, uh, see-through princess and bubblegum are trying to figure out the larvo situation through experiments. We figure out that bubblegum's root beer powers can, uh, freeze larvo, uh, basically cool him down. He's a big old lava monster. Um, they rally the glass people to basically fill them up with root beer, uh, finally intentionally letting larvo out, um, 
and dumping a whole bunch of root beer on him once he's bitten in a choke point. It works for a moment, but then Larvo breaks out. He's just too powerful. Um, meanwhile, back at the Fallout shelter, uh, Marceline is attacked by the Glass Assassins. Uh, they take and destroy her base, but she resolves not to not to waste time beating them up that um, Bubblegum needs her. Uh, so she flies off, only to discover that she's too late to the Glass Kingdom. Uh, Bubblegum is excited to see Marceline. She's like, all right, I need your... Uh, you need to sing a song. And Marcy's like, my bass is broken. And she's like, oh my God, well, at least your new song is going to be real angry. And Marceline's like, no, I think I'm over anger. And basically all hope is lost. Um, they are attacked by Larvo because Larvo recognizes Glassboy. Glassboy, realizing that Larvo is specifically targeting him, uh, runs back into the cave, getting Larvo to chase him in. Marceline and Bubblegum chase after him. Um, but the three shithead advisors, they turn the force field on full blast. Uh, this disrupts the tunnel, uh, causing the roof to cave in, trapping Larvo, knocking uh, Glassboy out, but trapping Marceline and Bubblegum in. Uh, Marceline tries to dig out, but the tunnel's too unstable. Uh, they have a bit of a heart-to-heart -heart where they both sort of apologize to each other, explaining the situation. Um, but, um, Marceline apologizing for running off, Bubblegum saying that she did kind of want Marceline's song to fail because she wanted to be able to prove herself, and that was very selfish. Uh, in what could possibly be their final moments, uh, Marceline sings the song that she's been working on to Bubblegum. It's Monster. Uh, it's a very cute song. Uh, we also get the backstory for Larvo. He was a tiny little baby fish thing. Uh, but he was he his whole little family was attacked. All of them were eaten except for him. And he got a big old scar on his head. Uh, he was very sad and hid inside of a volcano, I guess, uh, with a little mask on his head uh, until he grew up big and angry um, to be the big larvo that we know now. Uh, after hearing Marceline's uh, heartfelt song and seeing the love between Marceline and Bubblegum, Larvo finally achieves his full form which is a big butterfly cat, I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I read it more as like a squirrel. I have no idea what that thing is. <laughs> it's adorable, though. Um, it flies out of the cave, freeing Marceline Glassboy and Bubblegum. Uh, they meet up uh, with a see-through princess who trying to get them out, uh, destroys the force field, uh, though that cracks see-through princess. Her advisors are like, oh my god, you're cracked, oh no. Well, I guess you're fucking out of the power. And she's like, no, fuck you fucking assholes. Uh, she ties her goddamn self back together. Um, and we get, uh, everybody revealing that basically everybody in the glass kingdom's got cracks in them, because they're fucking glass people, of course they would. Um, Meanwhile, Simon finally shows up. He's like, Marceline, you're in danger. Uh, in tow with him are a bunch of fucking banana guards. Bronwyn, uh, one of Jake's, uh, Jake's grandchild, and uh, Finn, who is significantly older than the finale of, of uh, Adventure Time, looking like he's in his fucking 20s with a beard and a fucking chest tattoo of Jake. Um, we move on to a cute little party scene. Uh, they dance. It's very sweet. They say, like, Marceline and, and Bubblegum basically are just very sweet in this exact moment. And then we get our final flashback, which is, uh, I believe the first time Bubblegum and Marceline met. It's, uh, Bubblegum at a concert that Marceline was throwing, and, uh, Marceline throws Bubblegum the, the all-important t-shirt to their relationship. 
uh, Star Wipe the End. I feel like that was as concise as I could have made it. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. mean, I feel like that's reasonable. It's like more than three episodes of Steven Universe, so I feel like yeah. it deserves to be a longer summary. True. And I know a, a good point, because this is sort of locked behind a paywall unless you Yahoo animate it, which, I, you know, do so. I don't care. HBO doesn't need the money. Um, but, uh, I figured I wanted to, like, I thought about just not doing the summary, but I feel like that would be a little bit disingenuous for our listeners who didn't get a chance to watch the episode. Mm-hmm. So, let's do this a little, like, because this is basically three episodes long, I do have a whole bunch of my usual bullet point notes, but I feel like we're just going to get real bogged down if we go about it that way. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so let's just kind of like go through our notes, shoot from the hip, find the conversation where we have it. I do want to ask as like I watched like basically every episode of fucking Adventure Time. Um, so I was beyond stoked for this. Uh, what as, as somebody who was like, I guess, like a more casual Adventure Time uh, watcher. Uh, what was your how did you what was your vibe on this? Oh, I I deeply enjoyed it. It reminded me why I enjoyed Adventure Time and made me wonder why the fuck did I ever fall off of watching it? The um, filler episodes, that's why. <laughs> no, I don't remember the filler episodes being bad, at least for the area where I stopped watching. I was thinking about it. It's probably closer to season three than season two. Yeah. Well, I feel like at that point, like, it's it becomes a bit of a slog because there's so many episodes because that's mm-hmm. when they were locked into like the 52 episodes a season fucking model. Yeah, that's fair. And they got away from that. I think around season four, they got down to the 26 model that became much more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's just a lot of fucking episodes. Yeah. And they're all fun, but like, it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it reminded me why I enjoyed Adventure Time. You know, the the very colorful art, the fun character designs. Um, little bit jumping while I'm talking. So he's vibrating my microphone arm. Uh, so you can't <laughs> cut it out. Um, no, I, I had a couple of points talking about the art and how the use of color in this uh, particular uh, this particular episode is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the they definitely it, it definitely retains the the Adventure Time uh, like house style while really I feel like iterating on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's slick as hell. Yeah, and especially toward the end. Um, or when it's much more action oriented, it feels like a, like, I, I, like I was saying this to you earlier, it feels like they just like tagged in studio trigger to come fucking like do shots from this fucking episode. It's really, mm-hmm. especially like when Larvo breaks out of the thing and he just oh, goes all man. weird. So that was so looking. good. Oh, it was so, so good. Not an adventure time style of animation though. Yeah, no, you're, you're right on that one, but it was so, so slickly animated. It looked phenomenal oh yeah it was dope as fuck um the so a little fun fact glass boy is amethyst's voice actor yep i was like (laughs) i was like oh hey amethyst hey amethyst (laughs) that's our through line it is that's actually why one of the reasons why i thought about pitching this the other it just being a gay cartoon 
Very good, very gay. Yeah. Um, one thing I really like about this, and Adventure Time sort of did it when it, it was in the main series, but this so much more feels like it's, like, it's not inappropriate for kids, but it it feels like it's made for a 20-something audience that grew up with Adventure Time. Yeah. Like, it because this is not really a story that, like, it, from, like, an outset, like, I feel like it would be a story that's engaging to kids who are, like, 10 or 10 or 11 years old, right? Like, it's very colorful. It's a good little story. Uh, like, I feel like it's engaging, but, like, all of its themes and ideas really speak to something, like, way more mature than, like, even most well, of Adventure Time would get into. Well, I think that there are two levels to the story because there's like the glass boy level to the story and there's yeah. the PB Marceline level to the story. And the PB Marceline level is 100% geared at the, the 20 something adventure time fans. The glass boy level is definitely geared towards kids. And Oh my God, I absolutely hate, I don't hate glass boy and I don't hate like, most of the events that happen around class boy, but like the disability slash marginalization metaphor that they choose to use and the way they choose to portray it gets on my nerves so bad. It's so poorly done. It it's, could, it's so poorly done. I think that it's maybe intentionally done poorly as like a joke. I, like, I don't know. I have know. this in my notes. I'm like, what is this? I hate it. I hate it so much. Which is so weird because they've done this well before. Yeah. Have you ever seen um, a Chocolate Chip Princess episode? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, with Donald Glover. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, that's a great version of this. And yeah. this is so poorly done. I'm just like, is this supposed to be a joke? Because it feels like they started off and then they dropped that storyline and then it comes back at the end. Yeah. But only perfunctory. Yeah. Um, and like, so I'm just like, what is, why is this even here? Like, you know, they could have gone a little harder on the whole, like, you know, Larvo hates Glass Boy because Glass Boy reminds it of itself. Yeah. But Which like, is what they're going for, but they never state it explicitly enough that, like, a younger audience would get it and frankly even an older audience might miss it because it's so understated yeah it's uh it just makes like i functionally i think glass boy is fun as this like mirror to the relationship like the early version of relationship between marceline and bubblegum mm -hmm. you know like i think his his part in the the i guess the quote-unquote a plot right is fine. He's a little annoying, but he's meant to kind of be annoying, you know? Yeah. And I think he comes around at the end, but like that, that whole, whatever the fuck is going on with that story is just dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's, it ain't great. It's no. so bad. And like, you can honestly, cut the whole thing and it doesn't affect anything. Yeah. Which, no, it would affect anything. It, you know, it would affect something because it would make it a better show. Yeah. Like, that was... I don't want to say that this is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but, like, 
it would have come really damn close if it hadn't been for those absolutely grating parts of it. Because there were plenty of places where I was just so engrossed watching that I forgot to fucking take notes. Yeah, just fucking vibing. Yeah. Like, and it's the entire middle chunk. <laughs> like, and I think the relationship, you could just do the whole thing with the relationship of, like, STB being very put on. Like, her advisors can still be shitheads. I frankly think they're hilarious. I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially when she, uh, when uh, Marceline and Bubblegum first show up and the, 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 the one with the nasally voice calls them trash water harpies. And I love that. It's very good. <laughs> I love those characters are hilarious and I think they're great. But like the like, why is every like if you're not going to do anything with that story, you can make have everyone just make fun of Glass Boy for believing in Marceline or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, there's no reason to like bring the whole cracked thing into it. And it just feels yeah. like they were trying to tag on. Like some kind of like more more simplistic moral and just kind of let, like, just really drop the ball on it. Yeah, not only that, but, like, the whole bullshit about, like, the advisors who have been super shitty about Glass Boy's crack mm-hmm. being, like, the most cracked of, of like, all of the, the people there is just so damaging because the, the misconception that homophobes are all just secretly gay is just... It's awful. It's yeah. terrible. Don't don't keep perpetuating that, please, for the love of God. Yeah, and it, 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 and it sucks more because we know they're capable of much better and more nuanced uh, story, like moral. Like, even if they're doing straight up morals, they've done it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's because it wasn't a priority and they kind of had to. That's the part that kind of feels the most tacked on. Like, okay, yeah. well, we need this framing device to get Marceline and Bubblegum here, and we need this to be a little bit more, like, we need to have something there for the kids, TM, yeah. you know? Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> our going big complaints, back, yeah. Going back to the art, though, the mm-hmm. visual gags in this are choice. They are so good. I that you can see through see through princess. Yes. <laughs> I also really loved the uh when they had Glass Boy strapped to the back of Marceline's motorcycle and his helmet was just a bunch of bubble wrap. It is. It's so good. <laughs> um uh I love small thing. I love that I love Choose Goose cuz he's such a fucking weird character. Um and I love that he's here, and I love that he has no bearing on the plot. He just shows up, and you're like, oh, what's Juzgu's doing? Why is he talking about tanning lotions? No reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you like a uh, healed-up version of Simon? Um, I, I knew that that happened, but I hadn't seen... I hadn't seen anything about it other than that happened. And I, I uh, enjoyed that a lot. I also like enjoyed the whole, this is how I cope with him, like sticking his face in the freezer. Ah. (laughs) That was really good. Um, Yeah. Just a good shit. Good shit. I'm too old to die. It's true. Well, I, he also might be, uh, 
he might be functionally immortal considering what uh um um Betty did to turn him in to keep him from being the Ice King. Mm-hmm. So he might be functionally immortal. Um Fair. Which is we'll, we'll get to in a second. Uh <laughs> But uh, from a structural standpoint, I really like the way they do the story, like the way they dish out the information for the A plot, mm-hmm. like like giving us flashbacks, but flashbacks out of order and flashbacks mm-hmm. like leading into other flashbacks. Like the fact that this is a story taking place across three different sort of timelines in history, I think is mm-hmm. a really great like it's really tight writing on when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, and. I, there were a couple of points where I was like, okay, this is a cheap shot, but ultimately they were all very effective cheap shots, mm-hmm. um, specifically around like the the baby Marceline <laughs> flashbacks. Right. And like the whole, you know, anime mom coughs into hand and there's right. blood and it's Dying like, oh. Anime disease. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> But, you know, overall, very emotionally effective. I mean, it wouldn't the, the nice the thing is, it makes a lot of sense because they seem somehow lived through the nuclear apocalypse. And it makes sense that Marceline did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really doesn't make sense that her mom came out unaffected. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not yeah. saying that, like, I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying, like, that is a very well-worn trope that. Right. It's a cheap shot. I think the way they handle it is pretty interesting. The way they show, like, it's it's not, like, Marceline isn't necessarily messed up because of the trauma of losing her mother. Because, like, Marceline would have always outlived her mom. Yeah. Um, Most, many people outlive their parents. Yeah. And especially, like, because even though Marceline will theoretically have a normal lifespan if she wasn't a vampire probably the demon part's not going to make her like live a yeah is not certainly going to do something right mm-hmm. um but it's the trauma of like not like it, it's that ingrained like poor coping mechanisms de- like are built around not dealing directly with your problems and you're like and, and talking frankly about your emotions and I was like, oh, that's a good spin on this. Like, Marceline's not mad because she lost her mom or, or isn't upset because she lost her mom. Like, losing her mom and the way that she lost her mom forced Marceline to, like, not talk about her emotions, which really fucked her up for, like, basically the rest of forever. Mm-hmm. So, thought that was a fun way of doing that thing. Yeah. Uh, not fun, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, the opposite of fun. No, I Because many I know times in my mean. notes, I wrote, uh... Let's see. Oh, shit, I'm crying, parentheses, mom. And then I wrote that every time mom was on the screen. <laughs> Fair. Um, also, I love that, uh, again, it's Adventure Time, so it's, like, it's very colorful and also very scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that wolf, terrible. Oh, <laughs> terrible I love that wolf. I love uh, the what's up wolf. The I little puppy. Not the puppy cute, the one with the mouth in its st- in its chest. Yes, I like, loved that too. All right. Do you love it more than uh, Cool Skater Scorpion? Because that's my favorite character from this show. Oh my god, the <laughs> Skater Scorpion on top of the skeleton mm-hmm. was a lot. What the gas station that uh, Marceline and her mother took refuge in. Did you see what it said on the sign out front? No, I didn't. It said uh, meat for trade. 
Ooh. Like scrawled on the wall. Welp. Yep. <laughs> oh, Adventure Time. <laughs> Never change. I think that's actually the same gas station that Bonnabelle uh, visits in Bonnabelle Bubblegum episode, uh, which I think hmm. is like in season four or something like that. But um, so that's interesting. Uh, I was very afraid mm-hmm. that this episode was going to when they get to the point where it's like, oh, you know, oh, no, this is when they broke up back when they were younger I was very afraid that this is going to lead into they break up again and then they get back together by the end of the episode. And I was very pleased that they did not go that route. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, Marceline left, but she didn't like explicitly break up with a uh, PB before she no, left no. or anything like, I've like that. I've got to do this on my own. Bubblegum's like, no, no, you don't. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like that she like Bubblegum is miffed, but it's not like she's going to give like break up with Marceline, right? Yeah. Not at this point in their relationship. Um, I like, I would, when I first saw this, I'm like, Oh God, I know I knew it was going to be like bubblegum and Marceline, but at the time, a, we didn't know if it was going to be a prequel or what, what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and B as like, okay, well I know the like kiss at the finale of, of like, but you know, how, how coupled are they in this? And it's very, they, they, they've just become like every millennial lesbian couple. <laughs> <laughs> Though I, yeah. it is worth explicitly stating that neither one of them is in fact a lesbian. They're both bisexual. Yeah. Um, although I, I really enjoyed um, the gag at the beginning with the two mugs or the mug in the teacup, and then uh, the the black boss mug went to Bonneville. <laughs> that was just a good gag. It's true. There's um, so many good gags in this. There's a whole lot of good gags. Adventure Time is good at making you like chuckle and also cry. It's like their their whole their whole deal. Um. I like by the time we get when we get to the kingdom, like Bubblegum's like on her full shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I wrote here in my notes uh, when she's like talking to that guard. It's like Marcy defending PB like this motherfucker works at Delta Airline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. So. Uh, what did you think about uh, Woke Up, the the kind of like one of the two big songs of this of this? I liked it a lot. Um, it stuck in your head constantly every time. Yeah. <laughs> you have an errant thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's real good. What did um, I write? Um, oh, I wrote here. It's good to know that once nuclear magic fire wipes the world clean, all the best aspects of uh, Avril Lavigne will be reincarnated into a vampire demon. Yes, that is <laughs> that is good to know. I can rest easy this night. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, it also just like. Fucking, I mean, 
I'm glad that we get more context that like it, it shows that like okay both of them were just being real shitty in this situation. Uh, I mean Marceline more so I feel like, but also that just seems very in Marceline's character to just yeah. go from one to one hundred. Yeah, but PB definitely wasn't blameless. No, not in not in the least. And um, that's it's nice that it was kind of like they were both being crummy and yeah. you know shitty and young yeah definitely like if the you know it, it shows that like it, it's a good way to show the development of like okay well we figured out what we need to do we just need to be able to talk to each other <laughs> mm-hmm. about our fucking emotions because like also like marceline was just like but like the the breakup song thing is just like me in my head is like that is fucking brutal <laughs> Yeah. To have been bubblegum. <laughs> like, okay, sweet. It's like showing up to your partner's concert and they write, they, they sing the breakup song while you're there and you don't know that it's coming. Yeah. Um. The, I like how sweet, like, cute and sweet they are at each other for most of the episode. It's so like, good. Uh, when, like, they're walking up and bubblegum's feeling all bad because they're showering attention on Marceline. And she's like, they're. It's like they're nothing. Uh, it's like I'm nothing to them. Marceline's like, you're everything to me. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's so good. <laughs> so sweet and gay. Uh, do, 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 do. What did you think about the like? I guess like younger, uh, PB and Marcy designs. Um. Of course, I loved younger. Uh, Marceline, mm-hmm. um, just that punk rock aesthetic, uh, very well executed. And I mean, this, this show historically just has good character designs in general. True. Um, and they did not stop, but, um, I mean, I, Marceline's younger self just looked kind of drab to me. Which, you know, may have been a reflection on her character at the time, but was not as visually interesting. True. Uh, I I mean, same with Bubblegum. So I think maybe it was a conscious decision to make them less less complicated looking to sort of get across the point visually that they're like. Like they're they're more sort of like. Wait, did I say Marceline? I meant Bubblegum was drab. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, that's fair. I think, though, their character designs in general are a lot more, like, toned down for that, even though, like, Marcy's probably more so, uh, or Bubblegum's more so, but, like, I think it's sort of a visual signifier to see, to, like, sort of show them being more one, like, trying to put on these more one-note personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like how even in their older forms, they, like, we get them going to their bad, like, their bad habits when push comes to shove. Mm -hmm. Uh, of, like, Marceline running off to be a fucking cool, or, like, to go fight adventure or whatever, and then Bubblegum switching into, like, fucking cold-ass computer mode. Yeah. And, like... You can tell it's like the same, somewhat of the same habits that, you know, drove them apart. Right. Um, so 
that was another reason why I was worried it's going to be like, oh no, they're going to break up. And then thankfully they did not pull that shit. Um, yeah. Just uh, good shit. Good, good character shit. development. Very good. And they apologized for being shit to each other at the end. Yeah. Like communication and owning up to your own mistakes and taking responsibility for your words. And, you know, it's almost like all of that stuff is, you know, major ingredients for a healthy relationship. It's true. And it's it like I like how they display a healthy relationship. That's also not a perfect relationship. Mm hmm. Like, they do a very good job. Like, this is like, a, like, if you're like, okay, I want a piece of gay media that's about gay people, but not about coming out. I'm like, well, here's one. Yeah. <laughs> this might be this one is, of the better ones. It's perfect because it's not about them being gay. It's about their character development mm-hmm. as people and also fighting a cool dragon. Right. Exactly. Um, I, speaking of the cool dragon, I love Bubblegum's <laughs> why i love the giant turkey baster thing so much but i fucking it's, love that moment it's so fucking hilarious <laughs> stp being like you're so confident yeah i'm pretty good at stabbing <laughs> yeah i just oh god i love how how like low-key bloodthirsty bubblegum just is as a person it's true she'll just kill it's, it she's just like fine it's fine yeah this will be so much easier to kill bubblegum no, no. Um, um, although like, what did you think just, about bubble? Oh, going, sorry. I just, I wish they'd gone harder on the parallels between Larvo and glass boy. That could have been a much more emotionally interesting and satisfying sort of reveal. Yeah. Um, for sure. and it could have been one of those things where it's like seeing glass boy, like accept himself caused Larvo to be able to accept itself. And that's why it was able to, uh, uh, reach its final form and so on and so forth. Like, and I mean, I feel like that's somewhat what they were going for, but they didn't go hard enough on it because they spent too much of their time being wrapped up in this really stupid disability metaphor and the way that it played out outside of the cavern. And it's just like, uh, yeah. Missed opportunity. For sure. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, let's I'm see. sorry. No, it's fine. Um, the, oh, oh, that's right. Uh, she called, I, f- I found, and typed in my notes what PB calls Marceline. She calls her monster trash, which is fucking rough. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe don't call your significant other anything trash. I mean, okay, like, I don't mind if Anya calls me shipper trash in a loving way because, you know, but yeah, calling calling somebody who may or may not be self-conscious about, like, their parentage monster trash is probably not the best way to maintain a healthy relationship with them. Yeah, for surezies. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, had you experienced Bubblegum with her weird candy powers? Little Bit has something to say about that. Um, 
I cannot recall ever having experienced her weird candy powers. And so all that root beer came from my body was very upsetting. Yeah, Bubblegum got saddled with like the worst of the elemental powers. That was, it was a lot. And I'm not happy about it. Uh, I love STP. Her voice actor is great. <laughs> I yes. love how she's like, like she's like, listen here, you fucking, you f-. like. I would love a version of that, uh, like the speech where uh, STP tells off her little council. Um, yes, uh, but like more aggressively Australian with a bunch of things that I don't feel comfortable saying, but I would love to hear her <laughs> say it. <laughs> Yeah. Because Australian swears seem to have a different cadence <laughs> from all yes. the Australian things I listen to. So um the uh fuck that the whole bomb shelter thing with baby Marcy is rough. Oh, it's so bad. Um the the little fucking the little scene with her and all her imaginary friends, that is like that is fucking a devastating scene. <laughs> yes. Um, I actually, in my notes said way to punch the audience in the heart guts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I, it's good. It illustrates these co like it, it puts very plainly the coping mechanisms that she put into place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a good scene, but who Lordy coming for yeah. coming fucking for you. Yeah. Um, the glass boy reveal of glass boy being like, it's me glass boy <laughs> was also. <great>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about glass boys? Little bop. It's cute. Um, I mean, okay. So I feel like it has a little bit of a different cadence like, it's clearly meant to be a parallel to Marceline and her breakup song, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like it has a little bit of a different cadence coming from, you know, a boy to a girl as opposed to having it be a gay breakup song. Right. Um, well, it's also just so, generally it has just a whole lot less substance to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it's meant to. Um, I don't understand how that weird how i'm supposed to believe i love the like i think i can't tell if i love or hate the tissue box ukulele i hate it like how i love that marceline tunes it at one point and the the strings are obviously not attached to anything yeah (laughs) i don't i hate it like it's cute but also like i took a guitar lesson for a not a guitar lesson. I took guitar lessons for a semester in high school. So it's just like everything about it is wrong. <laughs> I know enough about guitars still to know that that this shouldn't work. But I mean, it's adventure time. People's arms bend in ways that would not be indicated. They should with, they had elbows or bones. Um, so, I mean, I shouldn't, but at the same time, I, the entire time, anytime it was on screen, I'm just like, how does that work? Uh, it's it's the worst, greatest thing. Um, I should try and figure out how to make a functional version of it. Oh, my God. Um, how, how would that work? Like, wouldn't the tension of the strings just cause it to crumple? So what you could do 
Yes. Well, the strings have no tension on them because they're taped. Um, but what you could do is you basically take a shoebox. Uh, it would be set to an open tuning because there's no way to fret it. But you could make one that strums and makes noise. So you take a you take a tissue box, uh, you cut the back out of it, you fill the inside with wood, so it's a, like a wooden box. Um, you bring the strings through the body like you would on a normal guitar they come out the front you put like a little piece of tape on there to make it look like it's taped down they come back down uh they go through the front then out the back where you have just some tuners mounted in that it will attach to so you mm-hmm. can actually tune it they just kind of poke into your tummy but you don't see that on the front and then you just like glue a fucking cardboard tube to it and put some crayons through there and boom and then you just tune it to an open tuning like a d or something like that that you can strum boom Okay. I maybe thought about this too much. All right, Greg Universe. Yeah. Um, I like that the Mar- I like Marceline being like, no, bubblegum is good for me. Like, that's such a like, it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Character realization, just laying it out there, like, no ambiguity. Yeah. Like, but they're not, they're signposting it without it feeling very cheesy or just like staring into the camera and being like, themes. Mm hmm. Uh, I do love that Glass Boy, when they exit the bunker, is like, hey, when we get back, uh, uh, can I sh- I can show you some of my favorite manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I do like Glass Boy. Like, yes, he he's annoying, but I do like him. I like the parallel that they set up between See-Through Princess and Glass Boy with uh, Marceline and Bubblegum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's very cute. Uh also, apparently, Glass yeah. Boy was supposed to be a placeholder name, and they just never changed his name. <laughs> Fair. I mean, it feels like it doesn't feel like a name. It feels very in line with their naming structure anyways. Yes. I mean, you've got see-through princess. Glass mm-hmm. Boy isn't going to stand out at all. Right. Um, I do love as they're setting up the trap for Larvo. Just PB being like Larvo comes out and like see through princess is trying to be kind of like small and being like, well, maybe we won't after he does after that super sweet animation of Larvo just being huge and weird shaped. Um, see through princess being like, oh, maybe maybe this was a mistake. And then uh, PB just being like, get down here, you fucker. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> you think you're the first giant monster I've killed with my own hands? Get down here. <laughs> Um, also, I love after they freeze him and he breaks out. I love Spiky Larvo. Spiky Larvo looks. Dope yes. As shit. Yes. Uh, see, I have a note again here that is a good body. character design. True. Uh, I have a note here. It's like uh, when Marceline says Bo- Bonnie is more important. Cry emoji. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wave of acceptance joke is hilarious. It's very good. I like good. that they go to the, like, they, like Adventure Time will always consistently just go to the length that it's funny at, of just, like, bubblegum hitting her knees and cursing the heavens that her girlfriend has has uh, accepted accepted life and become a more healthy person. Yeah. <laughs> it's good as the thing. It's true. Um... They're them talk like we already covered this, but like them talking in the cave about their relationship is very, very good. 
Yeah, and it it felt very real. Yeah, like that feels like a conversation people would have. Yes. Which is so weird to say about Adventure Time, which it has a very stylistic dialogue. Uh, okay, cadence. so mm-hmm. as I was watching this, I realized that I think the reason why Adventure Time dialogue sounds the way that it does overall is because most of the team are homestucks. It's just, there's a certain, there is a certain quirk to the way that characters and homestucks speak that I realized is carried through into Adventure Time. I hope everybody at home has extra yarn for their August's Homestuck conspiracy board. It's not a conspiracy <laughs> board. Pendleton Ward is a known Homestuck. He has hidden Homestuck stuff all throughout like his tenure at Adventure Time. And I'm pretty sure that like there are more than one member. Uh, there's more than one member of that team that is also a Homestuck. Like it's, it's not a conspiracy when it's the, true. The more you yell at me that it's not a conspiracy, the more it sounds like a conspiracy. Oh my god. You also, know what? You have I'm going to say things like it's not a conspiracy if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that that's very believable. Um I don't know enough about Homestuck. Like, the dialogue has always stuck me. It's like the stylistic style of like the stylistic dialogue that they use for Adventure Time is like a one of its hallmarks and one of the things that really made it stand out at the time. Uh, It's probably one of the key things to like its popularity, like its rapid popularity is just from like just the way that like it's so different even down to the way that the characters speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very fun. Uh, though this being like this, it, it it sits in contrast, though, of them just being like very real at one another. Which yeah. Adventure Time is also very good at like doing. They're doing good at doing like emotional conversations. They got good at mm-hmm. it. I feel like they got way better at it as the show went on. Probably. I wouldn't say that the writing team from season one of Adventure Time could write this episode, but the yeah. writing team that wrote all of Adventure Time definitely did. Yeah. Um... Uh, Monster is such an adorable and uh, tear-jerking song. It's a real. Yes. This may be one of the best Adventure Time songs. Yeah, it was. So, like, up until that point, like, I'm not your problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, was like peak Adventure Time song. Um, but yeah, this is. Oh, it's so good. Anya was watching with me and we both were feeling very sappy afterwards. It's true. Like it it it, it gets a whole lot of good like references in there without fe- like feeling like it could be about anything though. Like mm-hmm. um then couple that with like the baby larvo animations. Mhm. Poor mm-hmm. baby larvo. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh, what did you think about what I just wrote down as cute larvo? I didn't know, didn't know what to call it otherwise. Um, I don't know. I was expecting it to do something murderous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because, time. just because, like, you can't trust cute things in uh, 
Adventure Time. True. So I was expecting it to do something like, I mean, not like widely disastrous, like what Larvo had been doing previously, but, you know, just like bite the head off of somebody by the end. Yeah, just like uh, pick up one of the glass people and carry them off or something. Yeah, just yeah. just cash. Just cash, yeah. Um, I do love, <laughs> like you said, like Bubblegum just being casually murderous, like, ah, now we can beat it to fucking death with our hands. Like, oh my god. Yeah, now it'll be easier to kill. <laughs> Slow your roll, TV. <laughs> um let's see uh okay uh let's talk about okay we'll do the mushy dance and then we'll talk about finn showing up how about that sounds good uh the mushy dance is the cutest fucking thing ever committed to celluloid it's so cute (laughs) Of them just, like, very pointedly just, like, being very flirty with each other, just in a very casual way, is super adorable. It's so cute. Oh, my God. I mean, honestly, like, the entire the entire ending area is just very good and very gay and made me feel very soft. True. Also, I, I can I can relate to PB because, like, if somebody like Marceline took off her shirt and threw it to me in a in, in a in a bar gig, I would be like, "All right, well, I guess I'm also in love forever now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mood. Um. Okay. So, do you, have you had you ever seen Bronwyn before? No. Okay, so that's Gre- that is not Greg's. That is. Um, <laughs> That is Jake's granddaughter. Okay. Who shows up in the regular series because his puppies that he has with Lady Rainicorn like grow up immediately because they're weird hybrid alien dog Rainicorn puppies. Mm hmm. Um, and there's actually a very fun episode where like Jake tries to be cool in like a skateboarding contest with Bronwyn. Oh my god. Um, I think Bronwyn, this slightly older Bronwyn design is adorable, <laughs> especially yes. when she does her like little dance at the dance. Yes. Um, but let's talk about the thing that basically the entire Adventure Time fandom lost their holy goddamn shit over, which was old Finn. <laughs> or it's older a lot. Finn. Huh? It's a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about a this. This could have taken place any time after the finale until Finn shows up and you're like, wait a second, what? Because he's like 17 at the finale of Adventure Time and this guy's mm-hmm. like 25. So it's been like almost a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's fucking wild. Uh, also, yeah. so the Jake tattoo has a lot of implications. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because the, the flowers that are tattooed around Jake's head are forget-me-nots. Boy. So Jake's dead, I guess? I don't know. Everybody's yeah. like, oh my god, you can't just do this. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Jake was a dog, though. True. We don't know how old Jake was by the time he and Finn met. Uh, I mean, they we? were babies together because they're brothers. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah. He was a dog. Yeah. So, you know... 
So hopefully in one of the so the next the next Adventure Time special is called Wizard City. Um and it's about Peppermint Butler. Okay. Uh which is great cuz I love Peppermint Butler. Um the last one is going to be called Together Again, and it's the synopsis that's already been posted is Finn the human and Jake the dog are brought together again, where they attempt to rediscover their brotherly bond as they embark on the most important quest of their lives. And it's like, okay, great, sweet. I'm just not going to ball at the end of that, probably. <laughs> uh, so fun times will be had. Uh yeah. But yeah, that was just like the first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit, what? What? Just me screaming at my TV, what? <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Overall, I would give this an 8 out of 10. It could have uh, been a 10 out of 10, though. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a 9. 9? That's fair. I would say a 9. But uh, also, like, I was literally watching this with my gay partner, and everything about it made me soft and gay, so... It's true. This like, is the, the softest, gayest animated media that's ever been produced. <laughs> quite probably. Yeah. And again, this is the thing that I want out of animation meant for, like, not children. <laughs> Right? Mm -hmm. Like, this this is a piece of animation realistically not meant for children, but isn't fucking Rick and Morty. Yeah. Uh, and God. I was very happy to see this, because, like, Bebo is definitely meant geared more toward kids, because you could not tell, like, a mature adult story with Bemo, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, and I don't know if the Peppermint Butler one will be either, um... But th this decidedly feels like, cool, everybody at animation right now, Did do you see how you can make not a sitcom or Rick and Morty? <laughs> yeah. I guess Rick and Morty's technically a sitcom. Because, uh, like, the there's the one from the guy who did um, regular show, and while it looks good, it's just another sitcom. You know what I mean? I, mm -hmm. The Simpsons existed, great, fine, guys, but we don't need to continuously make animated sitcoms. Yeah, we Except already Bob's have Bob's Burgers. Burgers. Can continue to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is the per it's the perfect animated sitcom. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, we should at one point during our season breaks, we should watch the episode of Bob's Burgers with the the deli counter guy. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, let's see. Let, we got a couple of... I was real late on posting questions, so we didn't get that many questions. Uh, my bad, guys. Um, we got some comments from Izzy. Here's our comments. Because uh, I opened it up to just general bu bubbling questions because, again, this is behind a paywall... I don't under uh, going forward. I don't like we'll try and choose something slightly more accessible, but honestly, it's going to be kind of hard because that's just like 
pirate things, guys. Just go out and download it. If you if you're wondering how to download media, I wouldn't know, but I bet you if you joined our Discord link in the description of the episode below, somebody there would know. I uh, <laughs> don't understand how pirating works. I, it seems really expensive with the boat and all, but oh yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> um. So. Izzy had the question of, uh, here's a general question. What do you uh, think about the direction that they've taken with this generation of Adventure Time, considering how many restrictions the original show had to tiptoe around? Uh, and do you think that these episodes hold the original spirit of Adventure Time had? I think, uh, I like this. I, I definitely, like, if they just produced more Adventure Time like this, I would be fo so fucking happy. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think the spirit is there. I don't think that there there is nothing incongruous with this in regular Adventure Time. Yeah, I agree. Like I said at the beginning, this reminds me why I liked Adventure Time. Yeah, all of the elements of Adventure Time here are are the same, and they've just slightly like updated the maturity of the story content from an mm -hmm. emotional standpoint. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, oh, Izzy had a very good question. Um, all right. So I'm going to get to this last, the other one here. I'm going to do Izzy's questions out of order. Uh, who are all of y'all's favorite side characters? And they mean like side characters. And also we can't choose tree trunks. Um, I do love Choose Goose and also Peppermint Butler. Yeah, I was going to say Peppermint Butler. I love Pep. I love how evil Peppermint Butler is. Evil. Yeah. But un like unfalteringly loyal to pb <laughs> yeah no peppermint butler is really good um also i don't know if he's side character enough but lemon grab is always a perennial favorite i feel like lemon grab is definitely a side side character hell i'm pretty sure uh choose goose shows up in more episodes than lemon grab does okay okay <laughs> I don't know. Lemon Grab always just had an impact on me that... Is it because like, he screams constantly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you, have you ever it's, seen the episode of Lemon Grab where there's like the multiple Lemon Grabs and then the one Lemon Grab keeps eating all the other Lemon Grabs? Yes. Yeah. It was very good. <laughs> uh, have you seen the episode with Tree Trunks and her alien consorts? Uh, no, I have not seen that one, I don't think. Okay, so there's an episode where at one point... At some point, uh, Tree Trunks, the little uh, elephant with the southern accent, she gets married to Mr. Pig. Um, mm -hmm. She is visited by some aliens, and they're like gray aliens. They're like alien-ass aliens. And it, mm -hmm. it, it's, it turns out that like this group of aliens, uh, she has birthed a, a, a series of hybrid children with these aliens. They live with these aliens, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just a whole fucking wild episode my favorite thing is there's a gif of it i need to like just save of like she's very mad at princess bubblegum because princess bubblegum's like space program is hurting her alien babies mm -hmm. um and she's protesting princess bubblegum and she writes on a big protest poster board right she takes like elmer's glue and writes fascist on the poster board and then throws glitter on it <laughs> Wow. And it's it's like, <laughs> this is so good. I love tree trunks. That is fucking amazing. Um, and then at the end, she's visited, like, she say, like uh, she shows Bubblegum what's happening to all of her alien babies. 
um, and, uh, Bubblegum fixes everything, um, and at the end, she's visited by her alien husband, uh, again while she's sleeping with Mr. Pig, um, and... He's like, hey, I've got to go away for a long time and me not see you again. She's like, oh, well, take care of my alien babies. <laughs> and Mr. <laughs> Pig's like, who the fuck is this? And I believe she specifically says, like, don't now don't be jealous, of my alien consort. Uh, <laughs> OK, to Mr. Pig. And then she, like, takes Mr. Pig's hand, takes her alien husband hand and makes them hold hands. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Tree trunks. I, I saw this. I was reminded of this episode because I saw some kind of article from some fucking website that was like, Tree trunks, polyamorous icon. And I'm like, I mean, I remember this episode, but I wouldn't necessarily go that far. Uh. <laughs> oh, boy. I just love how weird tree trunks is. Um, last question from Izzy, which is, if you all could write an Adventure Time episode, what would it be about, and who would it focus on? Frankly, this is the Adventure Time episode I would probably write, TBH, because I do love Marceline and Bubblegum so much. I don't know. I always loved Flame Princess. I think Flame Princess could be a good episode. Uh, in the later episodes, her in Cinnamon Bun? You know Cinnamon Bun, right? Yes. Her and Cinnamon Bun start dating. That's pretty fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked Flame Princess a lot. Um, so it would probably be a Flame Princess episode. I don't know what it would be about, but she'd be there and she'd be awesome. I would like to see. I kind of want to see like this older Finn mentoring Jake's grandkid in the ways of adventuring. Uh, I think that would be a really good special episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, just choose goose episode. <laughs> just choose goose trying to run some kind of grift. That would be a fun one. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Mm. The problem is they've written a whole lot of like just episodes about weird one-off characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, an episode where you know, Marshall the Vampire King and Marceline the Vampire Queen interact in some way, just so we can get more Donald Glover on this show. Yeah, I was about to to mention uh, Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of that, although they couldn't afford... Probably. Well, I don't know. Maybe they could still afford uh, NPH and Donald Glover. I feel like Donald Glover would just do it. Maybe. Because yeah, he has the he does a lot of small projects anyways, because like Atlanta was really good, but I cannot imagine it made him a whole lot of money. Mm. He's got that fucking community money now. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. So. Um, I think he would still do it. Uh, probably because he, I feel like the Adventure Time as a property is also important to him. Like he yeah. seems like the kind of person who legitimately likes Adventure Time and th- why he showed up so many times on the show. Um, NPH, I don't know. I feel like they could still afford NPH. Yeah, I don't think he's that expensive. 
or he can't be more expensive than the first time a couple of times they got him that's true and like with the way that how i met your mother just like shat the bed in the last season that probably hasn't really increased his prospects what has he fucking done since then i don't know but i don't watch tv i i mean i haven't heard shit shit about him so he'd probably be happy to get that phone call fair um yeah I think that's it uh, for this episode. So next time we come back, we're going to be... Oh, I have to open the Steven Wiki so I can see things. Hmm? Um, Actually, let's take a look. Let's see if there's any kind of weird trivia here. Um, Do-do-do-do. Mm, nothing great. Okay, don't care. Do 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 episodes. So next time we will be watching the first three episodes of Steven Universe season two. For us, that will be episode uh one, which will be full disclosure. Then episode two for us will be Joyride, and then episode three will be say Uncle. <sighs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm thinking that maybe I will find this funnier than the last time I watched it. Because I hope so. Because I think I I was not big on the absurdist humor cartoons. I think I was a big fucking up my own ass asshole about it at the time. <laughs> uh, and then I've gotten high and watched the adventures of Gumball since then. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it'll, I also know there is particularly one, one joke in there that is almost tailor-made for just us. I do very much remember a joke in there that is hilarious. So. Okay. I involves Sadie and Lars. <laughs> oh boy. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, after that, we're going to have our f- Theoretically, our first uh, guest of season two, we're going to have um, uh, uh, Riley Hopkins is going to come and join us. So that will be. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then we're also working on some other uh, guests for season two. If there's anybody you want to see, hit us up. We'll try and get them. Just make make them realistic. Um, Speaking of terrible podcast guests that we could have, did you see that Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama have a fucking podcast now? I had a visceral no reaction when I first read that, and I still have a visceral no reaction anytime somebody reminds me that that exists. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. (laughs) I didn't listen to it. Just the, it is terrible that it exists in the world. Don't like it, to hell with it. Yeah. Um. Wait, 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 wait. Is this better or worse than Hillary Clinton's podcast? Uh, it's better just because it's not Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I very, I have a significant number of issues with Barack Obama as a president, but uh, Hillary, or he was not instrumental in the in the implication of "Don't ask, don't tell." <laughs> fair 
<laughs> so. Hillary Clinton can fuck off to hell. <laughs> I mean, so can Barack Obama, frankly. Bruce Springsteen's okay still. <laughs> I... He's not the greatest, but he 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 did. To my knowledge, he hasn't committed any war crimes. To your knowledge. To my knowledge, yeah. <laughs> I don't don't know what Springsteen's gotten up to, but um, he he broke Born to Run, so that that that's a whole lot of bad. Call. Like his like uh, Paragon meter is pretty high. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a timely uh, Mass Effect reference. Oh my god. Alright, I think that's it for us then this week, right? I think so. Um, so tune in next time. Uh, check us out on Mondays. We're, we're, we're powering our way through the Supergiant games on our, our Twitch channel. It's uh, twitch.com forward slash standingstoneprod. P-R-O-D. Um, I should start putting a link to that in the description of the episodes too. You should. Um, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and adjust it for this one. Um, we're going through the Supergiant games. We just got into Pyre. I assume we'll probably still be pay- playing Pyre by the time you hear this episode. Yes. Um, so Pyre, Pyre took me almost 20 hours. Ooh, so in it for a hot minute. Yes. Um, and then after that, we're going to be playing uh, the Oddworld series of games. So hopefully by the time we get through uh, the first remastered Oddworld game, the newest remastered Oddworld game will be out. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll Fingers just play crossed. the HD upscale of the PS1 game. Because uh, I can't imagine it's that much different. I mean, it will be radically different because that new and tasty is radically different from the PS1 game from a visual and they add a couple of different things, but not big mm. deal. Um, and I think so. So check us out on Twitch. We we're usually around seven seven thirty Eastern Standard Time on our Twitch on Mondays. Uh, currently, I think that we'll continue. I think we've settled into the name of the series as Magic Gear Monday. Yes. Yeah, and probably will continue to be Magic Gear Monday for the, the foreseeable future. Yes. Um. The. I think that's it. Do we have anything else we need to pitch? Oh, um, soon, uh, in April, you'll be able to hear me over on the Off the Table uh, Twitch channel on Thursdays. Hell uh, yeah. Because I'm going to be running a game over there for them. I'm going to be running an El- what I call dubbed an Eldritch Thriller, which I think may be the first time anyone's used that as a genre. <laughs> mm. Uh. If there is, in fact, something like that, please tell me so I can listen to it for reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that should be fun. Uh, you guys doing anything weird at uh, Follow the Leader? Okay. I don't think we've been sworn to secrecy. <laughs> Well, we can cut, like, you can tell me now and we can cut it out if it's bad. Or if we find out later we need to. Um. I'll have to double check with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, coming up in April, uh, we'll actually have a couple of special guests on, uh, 
follow the leader. Did you? Uh, did you well, potentially two. Did you book possibly. Steven Universe? <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Um, it's either going going to be either Johnny Sims and or Sasha from uh, the Rusty Quill group uh, are going to be playing a game with us uh, using uh, one of the micro settings uh, for uh, the game company that they're working with. Uh, we're very, very excited. Um, actually, I will double check with them and then, rec- well, wait, I've got the, let me do this again. I want to do it right okay. and not sound like a douchebag. No I, since we're going to cut this anyways, is this the same Sasha that was on uh, Dumb Kids? No. Different Sasha. Different Sasha. Because I'm thinking about getting that Sasha, like the Sasha that was on Dumb Kids for the faction game that I'm planning for season three. Yes. Uh, okay. Sasha Renault of Spindle Wheel Renown. Uh, is different from the Sasha who is with Rusty Quill. Okay. I mean, theoretically um, could be the same person. <laughs> yeah. It could be, but is not. Yeah. I feel like Daniel will um, probably been way more hype about it now that I think about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So in April, uh, we are going to be having uh, one or two special guests uh, from Rusty Quill. Um, either Sasha and or Johnny Sims will be playing with us. Uh, playing in a micro setting uh, that they're helping out uh, MacGuffin and Co. uh, with their Kickstarter uh, happening in April. Um, When I have more details about that, we'll probably put that in uh, our Twitter over at FTLcast. Um, We are so fucking excited. That is very Um, exciting. Yeah. uh, It's gonna it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be really good i literally um had to lie face down on the floor for a minute (laughs) is Uh, that what that post was about yes (laughs) between that and my kickstarter funding that is oh yeah your kickstarter funded yes uh which is not going to amount to much of anything for a while because uh we're just starting producing the art for it but uh as soon as that actually produces fruit uh i will also be promoting that as well but for now in april keep your ears peeled over on the follow the leader feed uh it's gonna be a good time hell yeah um sweet uh make sure you check out our other shows that are like this on the network uh uh gaze where august and anya talk about ponies uh i imagine real actual ponies right Yes, real about, actual ponies. There's a show about ponies, no. or yeah, oh. there's there's a show Weird. about ponies. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Jade and Danielle over on Escafil Files, uh, talking about the Animorphs. Uh, good, it's a good. I imagine they do well. I feel so bad because I, I'm like, go listen to their show, and somebody's be like, somebody asks me like, what's it like? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I've chosen not to listen to it like a bad friend (laughs) for creative purposes. Yeah. Um, Danielle seems to understand. They're, in fact, doing fine without us. Uh, I have everybody. I I, I happen to have 
all of the download numbers basically for all <laughs> all of standing stones so um okay well uh do we have we're just gonna do our normal outro i feel like yeah i feel like i feel like that's good do we want to try to say it together again yeah let's try and say it together again be, be like, like cookie, cookie cat, cat and leave, and your, leave family your family behind, behind. peace, peace. Gay space rocks Come on, grab your friends, we're going to very cartoon lands. With August the Heartbee and Brian the Raccoon, the fun, it never ends, it's a gay space rock.